Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee Podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. I've always believed that Milwaukee's future looks even more promising when everyone's able to access all the great experiences our city has to offer. I'm especially passionate when advocating for programs that expose our community's future leaders to a wide range of career pathways, especially during high school and college, as many students are preparing to embark on their journeys through the workforce and adulthood. A popular and sometimes polarizing topic in workforce development is industry diversification. In recent years, diversity initiatives have been widely adopted to promote an inclusive environment that help to attract desirable workforce talent. But the benefits of a diversification extend far beyond the walls of the office, adding culturally competent employees and services to your company or organizations not only has shown to increase productivity, but also makes your businesses more attractive to potential clients. Today's guest is Kwaku Tiangelo Cargile Jr., the executive director of the Brand Labs Milwaukee team. Kwaku Tiangelo has been recognized for his community outreach efforts and youth development. He's a social and emotional learning program quality assessor through the Waker Centered and certified to lead their youth methods training. He is also a certified community health worker through the Milwaukee Area Health Education Center and a Cream City Credible Messenger trained through the Professional Community Intervention Training Institute. My goodness, Kwaku, you got all kinds of certifications. Welcome to my show, Kwaku Tiangelo Cargile Jr. I am so delighted that you can join me today on the show. No, thank you, Shaitani. It's a, it's a privilege to be here with you and and share a little bit more about the Brand Lab and, and the great work that we're doing in this amazing city of Milwaukee. Well, cool. So you brought up the Brand Lab. Could you tell our listeners about your role in the organization and what exactly is the Brand Lab? Of course. So I have the privilege to be the executive director of the Brand Lab Milwaukee. We are a national organization. We started out in the Twin Cities, grew to Kansas City and now the greater Milwaukee area. Our mission is to change the face and voice of the marketing and advertising industry because we, env- we envision talent of color, launching sustainable careers in workplaces of inclusivity and belonging. And we do that through a variety of programs that we provide. And we start out by engaging our high school talent in our Spark programming, which I always say is our marketing one-on-one workshop that really creates a spark of interest in young people around creative careers, particularly within marketing and advertising. Then we create actionable next steps, which look like our summer internships at the high school level and at the college level. The high school level, we support them in a cohort-based model. So four to six interns working on an RFP or brief that was created by an agency or corporate partner that they get to work on through the course of their summer months. And then at the college level, we support them in a paired-based model. So two interns working within a department within marketing and advertising and abroad. So it's a really, it's a huge privilege to do this work in Milwaukee. And it's, it's, a, it's a really unique opportunity to really support our young people in learning about the variety of beautiful ways that they can use their creativity. Because oftentimes marketing and advertising isn't something that our BIPOC talent learn about right. um, realistically they're in college. So it's a privilege to engage our young people in learning about careers that they can step into. 
I, I say all the time, exposure is key when we think about our young people and, and where they end up. And of course, access, access, access to opportunities and information are the two most significant pieces to diversification. Can you share your thought on the importance of access and how it plays a role in the trajectory of someone's life? Yeah, talk about it. Access is probably one of the most important things when we talk about opportunity. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know about something, you can't attain it. So when we talk about the Brand Lab in particular, we're creating access to creative careers. And I, I'm very proud that there are other organizations across our nation that are doing similar work. But it's a privilege to be one of the few organizations in Milwaukee talking about this level of access. When I think about myself and my career trajectory, it was all about access. When I think about myself as a high school student, I thought I wanted to be pre-med. Like that, that's what I wanted to be for most of my life. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. And I didn't realize all of the other opportunities within right. health. So one of those things I briefly talked about my certification. We did my, my bio about being community health worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a public health career. Mm-hmm. I learned about it in high school. I had the opportunity to engage with Youth Health Service Corps, which prepared me for some of the career that I stepped into as a young professional. But if I never would have received that access, that knowledge to this career, I never would have even knew it was attainable. So one of the things I think is probably one of the beautiful things about Milwaukee is we have a beautiful array of nonprofits that create accessible opportunities for young people to learn about these beautiful careers. Mm -hmm. Huge shout out to Employ Milwaukee and the Earn and Learn program. I did Earn and Learn when I was in high school. (laughs) Y'all make me feel old. <laughs> Don't feel old. It's, it is a privilege to be to to get older, become an elder if we get to that point, right? But without opportunities like Earn and Learn, that was my first real job, right? So that those levels of access are so pivotal when we talk about a young person envisioning what they want to do with their life. It truly does start with access. Absolutely, and and you brought up Earn and Learn, which is so near and dear. To my heart, and you touched on where I want to go with what I want you to com- comment on next with youth development. But when we think about workforce development, folks automatically think about job, like workforce development is a job. That's a component of it, but it's so much bigger than that. And it's all about the exposure. It's all about the opportunity. It's about individuals learning what it is when it comes down to careers and opportunities and how do I get to that place and how do I pathway from this to that and as interest change like you say you wanted to be a doctor I wanted to be a nurse when I was growing up I've come from a family of all nurses and I just really thought that was what I wanted to do and then as life would have it I still help people in the work that I do just in a different setting it's not in a healthcare setting But had I known about community nursing, I probably would have become a nurse because I would have been able to go in a community to do the work that I love to do. But nonetheless, this was my path and I'm here and I love it. And when I think about you brought up Earn and Learn, what we do with young people in Earn and Learn, young people get exposed to a multitude of jobs, whether it be working at a community organization, working at a faith-based organization, or even working at a private business, it's that exposure that begins to teach them about the world of work. And just because you get that one experience, we learn a lot from those first experiences, whether there's, I know I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, or 
oh, you know what? I didn't even know this existed. And I'm so curious. I want to learn more. And for me, youth development is really like one of my my sweet spots when it comes down to the work that I do and what I love to do and seeing young people get their first jobs and them first paychecks. You never see too many, that much smiling <laughs> going around, but it's teaching young people independence as well. And it just warms my heart to see them be able to grow as young men and, and as young women. And so you have a history of community engagement and working with young people. Can you share with our listeners the importance of youth development? No, it is such a great question because I feel like this is oftentimes overlooked. Like we have this expectation that young people are supposed to know how to do all the things when they step into any role at any stage of their their young life. The reality is youth development is fundamental. Mm -hmm. Development is where we create these opportunities where young people learn and and start to identify what is professionalism? How am I supposed to operate within the workforce? How am I supposed to communicate? How am I supposed to interact? How am I supposed to build relationships with those who aren't my friends, but their work relationships? These things start in youth development. We teach young people how to interact with each other, mm-hmm. which impacts how they interact with future employers, with the, with the future workforce. So when we talk about youth development, Every organization who works with young people is is in a form youth development. How you identify what youth development looks like vary within organizations. Mm -hmm. What youth development looks like in a sports team might look different in an out-of-school time youth-serving organization. But they're both creating opportunities for young people to build upon their soft and hard skills. Mm -hmm. We oftentimes talk about this, this lack of understanding of how young people communicate. When the reality is we should also be learning how are young people communicating with each other? How can we correlate how they communicate with each other is is one form and say, hey, this is how you communicate in the workforce as a different form. We have to share with young people that there are so many different ways to communicate with each other. There's so many different ways to build relationship, to build camaraderie. When we talk about (laughs) one thing in my, my first year at the Brand Lab, One thing that I realized that I didn't think had to be taught, but I reflected on when it was taught to me, this expectation of communication timing. Mm -hmm. So I had had some young people sending me emails at 10 p.m. I'll never forget. I had one intern send me an email at 10 and send me another email at 10.30 saying, did I see their email? (laughs) And I had to circle back to not just that young person, but all of them. And I said, what time do you think I work? <laughs> what, what time do you think I work? And they were like, you working all the time. I said, no, I'm not. I am not working all the time. Imagine if I expected you as an intern to be working all the time. And just me saying that one thing to, to our cohort of high school students, they were all like, oh, no, you can't expect me to work all the time. And, I, and then I said to them, so why do you expect me to work all the time? And it, it was just one of those funny light bulb moments mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, we set an unrealistic expectation. So then I had to teach them what a nine to five was. Mm-hmm. I was like, most folks work nine to five when you go out into the workforce. Some folks work first, second, or third shift, and those hours change. But the average is a nine to five. So what that means is I do most of my work within this time period. 
And for and again, these are things we assume that everyone right. knows. Right. It's the reality is we are supposed to be teaching them. We're supposed right. to be developing them. So that that's one small example, but a reality of if you do not set an expectation, you are not teaching young people, developing young people, but creating assumptions, we are doing them a disservice. We should be in a space, particularly in youth development, particularly high school, where they're thinking about stepping into the workforce or going into the college or the trades. We should really be preparing them for what this could look like. And youth development is, is such a vital support to truly impact our young people so that they can be strong team members, strong employees, et cetera, et cetera. But without development, this is not going to occur. And I would totally agree with that. And then there's an expectation when they show up at the job, when they're now 18, 19 years old, there's an expectation. They know certain things, but if they've never had the opportunity to be corrected or exposed to it and and get that instruction, then no, they're coming in very green. They they lack a lot of those things, which leads me into my next question for you. Conversations with young people, and, and you gave a really great example. And and even the conversation of work when it comes to young people. My daughter's now 15, but last year when she was 14, she she wanted to work. And I I didn't put her, I didn't want her in my program. Let her do her own thing. And I said, now, if you want to work, then find your own job. I really gave her the task to find her own job. She wants to be a pediatric nurse and she ended up finding a job at a nursing home, being a dietary aide. And she loves it. Like I've just seen her grow leaps and bounds from, she didn't want to be sitting in the house during the summertime because she was too old to go to camp, but wanted to do something because she's always done something in the summer. And being at this nursing home, working with the older individuals, like she knows everybody's name and she's serving them. And she's got other team members that you just see the growth in her as a young woman When it comes down to understanding, you got to be at work at a certain amount of time. And if you do extracurricular, how is that fitting in? You need to talk all of those things you're teaching them so that as they get older, they're understanding. But I know there are some situations where parents may not think that while the child is in school, especially high school, that they should work. Now, my daughter doesn't have to work, but this is something she wanted to do on her own. And I I turned it all over to her. We have conversations every day to and from work about how was her day and, and lessons learned and all of these things. And even everything from financial literacy to the money and having a bank account and her little debit card and yeah, you get paid on such and such a day, but how are you gonna do all this, that and those with this money? And then just how do you tie in what you're learning to, okay, you want to be a pediatric nurse and what are you learning from the work that you're doing and how are some of those skills that you're learning going to be applicable to you as you continue to grow on your pathway? You being in youth development and, and there's different views from parents, when do you think it's a good time to talk about career planning with young people? Another great question. And I, I, I definitely want to highlight all the great things that you shared because you talked about so many different levels of youth development. A young person learning how to do a, how to show up to work on time. A young person understanding how to set up and organize and, and structure their bank account and keep track of their money so they're not spending it all. These mm-hmm. are all different forms of youth development that so many amazing organizations in Milwaukee support our young people yes. in. And I think that one thing that we oftentimes at least this is the narrative that 
that I was hearing oftentimes when I when I was at the Office of Violence Prevention at the health department was this idea that there, there's not opportunity for our young people. When you think about how many nonprofits we have in Milwaukee that are serving young people, there are so few of them that are at capacity. Right. So few. <laughs> and we talk about, oh, we need more opportunities. We need more opportunities. I said, no, we need to funnel young people into the opportunities that are present because there are so many and we are not funneling our young people into these beautiful opportunities in a way that we should be. So when we talk about career planning, these things oftentimes go hand in hand Mm -hmm. because you don't, you build your career or your idea of what you want to do based off of those around you, based off the TV you watch, based off the experiences you've had, positive and negative, that motivates you to want to step into a career. But the reality is young people are envisioning a variety of things at very young ages. Like I said, when we watch TV. The reason why I wanted to be a doctor is because I watched the TV show ER. (laughs) With my my parents as a kid, I said, I want to be them. I want to be a doctor. And I was watching that show probably sixth, seventh, eighth grade. So fairly young, I was already envisioning Mm -hmm. what I wanted my career path to be. So when we talk about career planning, it really should as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Because when we talk about career planning, that should be around career exposure. Like how many things can I expose my young person to career-wise that'll give them a wide breadth of opportunity that they can see themselves in? And if 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 we're not doing that, we're actually doing a disservice to our young people. We're funneling them into these careers that we think they should do. Now we still talk about doctor, lawyer, mm-hmm. et cetera, as if there are not so many other opportunities to do the same level of work, which oftentimes difficult. A, a smaller level of stress. It's, when we talk about these doctor lawyers, these, <laughs> these folks are constantly under stress. Right. And to say folks who are at nonprofits like ours aren't in stress as well, but it's a different kind of stress. So I, I, what I say, my quick answer to that is as, as early as possible. If, if your young person is showing a desire in, in the arts, is showing a desire to work with their hands, we should be funneling them into right. things that ex- enhance and heighten their desire and their interest. Because the reality is we should be, again, exposing them to as many things as we possibly can. Because I know the average high school student doesn't know what a a public health career is. They don't know what a creative career is until you expose them to it. So honestly, as, as early as a young person is expressing an interest in something, we should be creating accessible opportunities for them to learn more, dig deep, and say, is this something I want to do long-term? But again, if you're not creating those, going back to our earlier question around access, if if you're doing that, you're impacting our young people in a negative way. And again, I I would say as early as possible, it's pivotal. Yeah, and I see with our Camp Rise, which is a new program we introduced last year to work with young people starting as young as 10, introducing them into this workforce development space with work-based learning and great retention rates at that young age, very attentive, very curious, want to know, want to learn more. And they and they like the independence because it's a paid opportunity. We're having it again this year and earning their own money. When we surveyed the young people and asked what did they like the most from Camp Rise? Financial literacy. They want to know 
about saving money, managing money. The whole kid and caboodle, who would have thought 10 year olds would be thinking that level? So we as adults, we got to rethink how we look at our young people because they're introduced to all this technology and the technology is exposing them to a number of things. So we need to hone in where we see their interests are and and expose and and provide access to those things so that they can continue to learn and and really get on a pathway to achieving um, those particular things. Because you're and those young people who are not exposed and who do not have access become adults with the same thing. And at this point, now you may have families and, and you have responsibility and still trying to pursue your passion or your dream. And so the younger we can expose young people we have a greater opportunity to have positive impact and change the narrative of where they actually end up as they become adults and just changing it up a little bit. And so I did a girls day at the city and talked to some young ladies and we talked about Milwaukee and I don't know about you, but I've always felt like Milwaukee has this um, incredible charm. It's not just the weather that we have, even though our weather's been a little ugly, but now it's nice. But there's something about the city that pulls me in. I left Milwaukee to go to college, went to the University of Mississippi, but I don't know, some pulled me back here and it seemed like I came back and got stuck, but in a good way. It's expected that we're going to see a huge population increase over the next decade because Milwaukee is seen as a climate haven and with so much development happening in our downtown and we're becoming more and more attractive. We used to be the little big city and now we're becoming like competing with some of the big cities with our sports teams and others. I'm interested in hearing from you. What are some visions that you would like to see in Milwaukee's future and how can we lead by example for other cities? When I think about the opportunities that we could provide, I think about where are we thriving and where are there areas of growth? Mm-hmm. Uh, I continue to to grow as a young professional in the nonprofit sector, and I learn more about youth development and the variety of ways that our young people can engage in it. I would love for us to be a city where our opportunity youth, that 15 to 25 who are out of school and out of work, really become our strongest workforce. Uh There's such a a wealth of support and and needs in that age group. As As young people age out of programming when they hit 18, 19 years old, I would love for the city to become a hub for young people to come to Milwaukee and thrive. They come to Milwaukee and find that there's a so many resources for them to engage with that for a moment they get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be working towards a, a space where our young people have so many opportunities. They have a hard time choosing. They gotta, mm-hmm. they gotta be intentional. They gotta, they gotta be supported in creating these opportunities to learn. I would love if we became truly a hub for what's the what's the language I'm looking for? A hub for apprenticeships. When we talk about the youth apprenticeship model and informal apprenticeships, there's so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the trades, there's so much opportunity in Milwaukee. We have so much construction happening right yep. now. And, and, and you, you don't oftentimes see the young people out there. But these are viable careers that our young people should be taught about, informed about, and, and really given opportunity to say, is this something I can do for myself? Is this something I can do long term? And I would love for Milwaukee to become a hub for that, where young people 
truly get so many opportunities that our young people are doing careers that really cross the gambit, that we have young people in the creatives and we have young people all the way over here who are electricians. There, there, there's truly such a wealth of opportunity. And there's so many programs that I hear about that 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 don't go filled. Mm-hmm. You mean know, I, mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with We Energy, but one of my, my my fraternity brothers who was talking about his program that he was recruiting for. And and I asked, so I was like, oh, how were the numbers last year? He was like, he was like, I was struggling to get young people interested. And and things like that, they just hurt my spirit as someone who's in youth development, as these opportunities that are I went to college and mm-hmm. I thought college was gonna be my 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 ticket, right? This this is what was gonna take me right into what I was supposed to do. And college was a struggle for me at one point, I almost quit. And if I would have learned earlier on, maybe that there were these career paths where I could, in a, in, after a, a, a few short months, I could be making 60, 70, upwards $100,000 with less debt, less, less, less stress in, in some way, shape, or form. Who's to say I wouldn't have done it? Right. Didn't know about it. So I, I would say as, as Milwaukee continues to grow, I hope that we lean into creating opportunities for our young people and not necessarily just creating opportunities, but creating opportunities for nonprofits like Employment Milwaukee, nonprofits like the Brand Lab to engage our young people earlier in ways where it's equitable for them, whether that's in the school day or out of school time, but truly creating opportunities for them to engage learn, see themselves, see them, see someone who looks like them in their career, in these career fields that we're exposing them to is also so pivotal and so fundamental. But we oftentimes forget that. Um, seeing someone else doing what, what you're thinking you can do makes it real. Oh, right. I can do that. Oh, I saw bro doing that. I know I can do that now. And one of, one of my, my cousins said to me, see it, touch it, obtain it. So once you see it, you learn about it. Once you touch it, get that experience. Now I can go get it. I can create these opportunities for myself. But those things, I think, if we can really align and, and think about that and create access for our opportunity youth, our city will just con- grow in ways that we couldn't even have envisioned. Thank you, Kwaku, for coming on board and, and, and having a conversation with me. I just want to ask this last question, and if we can keep it brief, but I, I love asking this of all of my guests that come on board, what do you want your legacy to be? I would love to be a part of something that impacted the growth and trajectory of thousands of young people. That that I would love for young people to see my name and say, oh man, Kwaku Tiangelo, man, I'm so thankful I did his program. I learned so much. Now I'm in the career path that I want to be in due to the guidance of him and his team. Like th- those are like beautiful things for me that that's what aligns me to my cosmic name. I'm I'm Quaku, I'm a male child born on Wednesday. I'm a sweet messenger. I'm one who loves to support others getting to their highest levels of success. And I would love for my legacy to to truly align with what my ancestors expected of me. And we we see that passion in you, Kwaku Tiangelo. Thank you again for coming on and being a part of my podcast today. I love talking to folks who are just as passionate as myself when it comes down to young people and what hap- what's happening within our city and how we can help 
see positive change and positive growth into them. So thank you again for being a part of Workforce Insights. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all.